The memo to players about how the NBA will return has been leaked. And Adam Silver talks about the NBA's obligation to return to play. It's a Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday. As usual on Wednesdays, I am one of your co-hosts, John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Mass Live. I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. I'm Jake Madison, now a yacht guy, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Now a yacht guy. Yacht guy. They, I don't know if you saw this when we were hopping on to record. They just announced the hotels that the NBA teams are going to be staying in, and the Pelicans are staying in the Yacht Club, which sounds awesome to oh, me. Oh, nice. How nice. I didn't see that because I was reading – this uh, huge memo. A lot, on, a lot just happened. <laughs> like a like, lot just happened. When we started talking about, okay, what's the show going to be like today? Well, I don't know. Kind of hoping that James Dolan would do like three weeks in a row with some sort of statement, but no. And then all of a sudden in rapid succession, there were a, a lot of information just came out. Most notably, the athletic via Shams Sharania has this entire NBPA memo to players, how the phases are going to, how they're going to go. So let's just run through this, Jake, because I, there's a lot. There's, uh, there's a lot. And yeah, we got, we got to cover this all because it's kind of like the biggest news of the day. So let's dive into it. Yeah. So we're currently in phase one. Phase one of the NBA's return started on June 12th. Players are back. They're working on a voluntary basis. Really, the only thing that's notable, because we know all of this stuff, uh, only individual workouts and Zoom market, Zoom stuff like that, players should be back. Um, the only notable thing here is that the Toronto Raptors are, because of the travel restrictions between Canada and the United States when, when coronavirus was really at its peak, they will travel directly to Naples, Florida, and use uh, an arena at Florida Gulf Coast University as their practice facility. So the Raptors, unlike every other team that's going to be working on their home market for a little while, they get to go down to Florida and they'll be there for a while. Yeah, I don't think that's like an advantage or anything since some of these other things are, they're not really doing workouts or anything just yet. It's more just they get there and makes the travel probably easier on them and prevents any potential issues that might come up somehow during all of this. So it just makes sense. You know, these are guys that can work out still on a voluntary basis at the facility. So these guys have a place to go in. Um, it's individual workouts. It's all kind of limited and all of that. So, you know, just kind of, yeah, you got to get them from Canada to Florida. So then phase two starts on June 23rd. It goes from the 23rd to the 30th. And this goes, this starts the COVID-19 testing. Mandatory COVID-19 testing begins June 30th. Uh, that's not going to be that that 10-foot-long pole that they shove up people's noses, which I saw Ennis Cantor take that test. Wow. Like, holy crap. That's just uncomfortable. Uh, no wonder they fought to, to not have that. They'll do what's called shallow nasal swab, oral swab. There's going to be a lot of different kinds of testing. Uh, players who are feeling sick, I obviously have to report this, but then really the interesting part here, Jake, is this non-participating players, the excused players, the protected players, 
this is players have now until June 24th and 25th, 25th to decide whether they want to be excused because of a, a, an underlying condition. They feel like they'll be at a higher risk, uh, or to inform teams of their non-participation to say, I'm not going. So that's basically, they've got a week before they have, they have to decide all this talk, Jake, of whether guys are going to go. They have a week to decide. Yeah. That, that date seems a little quick given everything, but I understand it at a certain point. You've just got to kind of make a decision and go on from there. And the two phases of this, I think are good where you have some players that are just health risks. So they shouldn't be going. And that means they can also um, not receive a salary deduction. And if some of these guys just decide they don't want to go for whatever reason, the NBA is okay with that, which is, a good thing an employer should do if you can do so in this case, I think. So good on the NBA for this, but players will have their salary reduced by 192.6 um, up to 1492.6 during all of this. So there's some financial risk, I guess, uh, right. or detriment for some of these players should they decide they want to sit out for whatever reason, whether that's the social yep. justice reasons or due to concerns about COVID-19. So really within about a week or so, we're going to find out who has decided that they don't want to participate, who has been excused, who is protected. Protected players are, as outlined here, players whose team believe they're at higher risk for severe illness. If his team does not designate the player as a higher risk, player may still be excused and not have his salary reduced. So the, the, choice for people to not play for just their own personal reasons, you will have uh, up to two weeks worth of basically game checks uh, yeah. reduced from your, from their salary. It doesn't matter how many games that their team plays. So for example, a member of the Los Angeles Lakers goes that they go to the finals and they play however many games that is. That player still only loses 14 games worth at most. So it's however many games that that team misses. So if it's a player on one of the, the teams in the seeding games, the regular season games, and they miss eight games and that team's out after eight games, you lose eight paychecks. Uh, if you go all the way to the finals, you still, you can't lose any more than 14. That's the league saying that we're not punishing you, but we also can't pay you for not playing. So, and, and the excuse and the, the guys who are sick don't lose anything. Yeah, th- this is the right move. It's nice to see that the NBA is not forcing them into this, given how just weird everything is. And as we keep getting on and you hear more about some of these restrictions and everything, it, it's the right thing. It's a very almost like employee-friendly model, player-friendly model, I think, all things considered. So I find that to be very good. And I wonder if the league's trying to head off some things, which we'll touch on in a segment or two, about the obligation to return to play and some of the social justice concerns of these guys not necessarily wanting to be there. Uh, and maybe the NBA is going to do some things that kind of uh, prevent or dissuade guys from sitting this out, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I think obviously... We'll works, get to that, yeah. Yeah, it works in the, the, the uh, NBA's best interest to have as many of these guys there mm-hmm. as possible. Before we continue, I want to, uh, I forgot to mention at the top, the show is brought to you by Built Bar. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first purchase of the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Uh, phase 3, July 1st through the 9th, 10th, 11th, 
kind of staggered. This now teams can be at their practice facility, individual mandatory workouts, mandatory workouts, individual mandatory workouts, July 1st. So it's still, we're still in mid June. Now we're getting into July and it's still individual workouts, group workouts still prohibited for medical reasons. No more than eight players permitted in the team's facility at any one time and head coaches can now participate. So that first 10 days is this. Yeah, this is where it's like, okay, we're getting down to business, basically. This is where things start to get very real. And I remember reading, I don't remember where I read this, was that, you know, head coaches were not allowed to interact with players during really much this offseason when they were in the facility because that felt like if the head coach was there, maybe players need to show up. Now you're saying head coaches can participate, and this all is mandatory. So kind of makes some sense there. Yeah, and so this is going to be a lot of this ramp-up time. That 10 Mm -hmm. days is going to be where guys – are, are really working on their cardio, lots of running, lots of lifting, lots of getting the body prepared to play basketball. This is really going to be when they, they ramp up those workouts. Now, July 7th through the 11th is what they call phase 4A, NBA campus at Walt Disney World. So now we're getting into Orlando. Teams will either take chartered flight or bus to Orlando on a staggered basis, the 7th through the 9th. Upon arrival, uh, isolation in the rooms uh, until you get two negative tests at least 24 hours apart. This is a this is an interesting one right here. The proximity alarm. <laughs> this was wild to me, by the way. So it's players will have the option to wear a proximity alarm that will notify a player if he spends more than five seconds within six feet of another person on campus who is also wearing an alarm, which, like, I, it's, I don't know. It's just, you have a thing on your body that detects this other thing on another person's body. This is like social distancing. This is them saying six feet apart. And like, if you're not going to do six feet, this damn thing is going to go off and it's going to let you know that you're not doing six feet. Players have the option, but all team and league staff potentially excluding the refs that I think is a union negotiation must wear this players are optional but coaches team staff league staff everybody's got to wear that social distancing uh is the priority here which is is crazy obviously the other stuff is they have to wear masks um the what else is in this uh the oh the aura smart ring yep this, this is another this is super interesting i have to look this up i'd never seen this before it's a ring that you can wear that has little kind of thing it detects your temperature it's it's like a smartwatch it it, it kind of it's measurable it's tech yeah that helps them kind of keep measurables on you a lot of nba players wear something similar to this i know the pelicans use this for players that's voluntary where basically it can measure their sleep it can measure their heart rate it actually helps them in their individual workouts whether a guy needs to go harder one day or if he's tired and needs to go with an easier workout so it just sounds like it's a method of kind of measuring all of that but maybe kind of keyed in for some of the symptoms of COVID-19. So if all of a sudden players have a fever, they'll be able to know. If they're having trouble breathing, they'll be able to know uh, when they shouldn't be having those sorts of things. So it's a good way to kind of just keep everything, you know, better and try and avoid an early detection on any potential, I guess, breaches, infections in the bubble. Sure. I mean, anything that can help, it, it, you can – even if it if it malfunctions and it says you've got a fever, what's what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, you go get your temperature taken. You're like, oh no, this thing's not working. The um, 
from this phase, what I think you're really seeing from phase four, four a is that they are trying to come in and be as safe as possible when they start. They don't want any, um, breaches of the bubble or anything like that right off the bat. I think they accept that some things will happen. And I think all of us kind of accept that someone is going to catch this during all of it. They just don't want that to be right at the beginning of everything. And that's what a lot of these precautions are designed to avoid. Yeah, you're right. This is, this is making sure as much as possible mm-hmm. that it's not derailed before. Right, right off the bat. To, right. So this, this show is the June 17th show. And so in a month, we're still a month away practically from group workouts. We still have not gotten to the group workouts. We'll get to those group workouts in just a minute. First, I want to make sure that everybody's going to built bar. Dot com and using the promo code locked on to get themselves a new box of built bars. They are reformulating the built bar. So if you haven't bought them now, like I already love them. I've got two boxes sitting here that I'm tearing through. Uh, I'm going to go stock up on them because whatever they do with the new formula is going to be great, but I love these and they're giving them away for up to 50% off. So deep discounts. And on top of it, a hundred percent of the profits from this closeout is going to go to organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and ending hate and racism. So if you go to BuiltBar.com, they've got the whole thing laid out there. Go there, check out the the labels. It's a low-calorie, good number of carbs, 15 to 20 grams of carbs. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, protein, good protein count. I want to be clear on that. 15 to 20 grams of protein, low carbs, low sugars, low calories. Built Bar, covered in chocolate, delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off your first purchase. We've gone through phase 4A, now 4B, July 9th, 10th, 11th through July 21st. So we're talking about a 10 to 12 day, not even two weeks, really, of this is kind of training camp. This is teams can engage in group workouts, practices, weight training, meetings, just like normal. They will have uh, individual workouts. Uh, There will still be testing, but they are clear. They want to make sure that guys who are on the on the court, don't go through the stuff they want. Don't spit. Don't clear your nose. Don't, you know, wipe the ball with your jersey. Don't lick your hands. These are don't like blow the on someone's habits. ear. Yeah, these are all like the little ticks, the habits of everyday players. I always lick my fingers, like when I was playing. Like you. so, anyway. Uh, but this is this is like they still want to stress. But this is when the group workouts are are starting to happen. Yeah. And so as we said in the, in the last segment, you know, they're trying to get to these group workouts with everything be fine. And I think ultimately the goals will be fine all the time, but yes, this is when things really start to ramp up a little bit. You're having those group workouts and it's, it's just interesting kind of the minutia in some of this, like any meal eaten with a player on another team must be eaten 
outside, and I would assume they need to be six feet apart from each other too. Um, they're not permitted to enter each other's rooms when it comes to this sort of thing. This is where you get a lot of like the really specific details that are, you know, going to be what makes this successful. And if these somehow get broken, have potential to kind of infect the large NBA group that's going to be here. And and part of this phase, there is this language. No one will be prevented from leaving the campus, but the expectation is that all players will remain on the campus. Obviously, they're not calling it a bubble. We're calling it a bubble. Everybody's been calling it a bubble. They're calling it a campus, which is hotels, their complex, practice courts, uh, a golf course. A med- like They've got things that they can do on the campus. It's not going to be perfect, but there are things that they can do. They can be outside and all of that. They can leave if they want. However, if a player leaves without prior approval upon reentry, he will be subject to enhanced testing, including the deep nasal swab. So it's almost like a threat. Like, you want to leave? Okay. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. We're going to shove this big thing up your nose. Also, a 10 to 14 day self-quarantine period and a reduction in compensation for any game in which he is unable to play as a result of his absence from campus. So, a they decide, screw this, we're going to go to this restaurant. They come back, they're caught. It's like leaving camp when you're a kid. They come, they come back, they go through the enhanced testing. You're sitting for two, two weeks, 10 to, 10 to 14 days. If you miss any games, that's coming out of your check. So it's, you're permitted. Now, some guys could have prior approval and this doesn't apply to them, but they're saying you can leave, but if you get caught, this is what happens to you and it, and it's strongly discouraged. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bit of a threat. I'm laughing because I'm now reading that the yacht club, which is they should, they need to call it like the super eight motel or something. Cause I've now read that it is not the nicest of all the destinations here for, for these teams. <laughs> and it's all the eight seated uh, teams that are fighting for the eight spot. So it kind of makes sense. Apparently it's near bars. So the fight for eight in both the East and West is going to just be ridiculous because if they're close to bars, you've got to wonder if someone's going to like try and, get out and kind of participate in this. Shams also just tweeted some of the uh, amenities that players are going to have. Hotel amenities, player, a players-only lounge with NBA 2K, TVs, and gaming, pools, trails, barbers, manicurists, pedicurists. There's going to be a 24-hour VIP concierge, daily entertainment, including movie screenings, DJ sets, video games, ping-pong pool, lawn games, and players can attend the other NBA games, which I think is actually going to be pretty cool. Oh, that's good. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, this is, this is really like, as we're recording this, all of this stuff is coming There's out. There's just more stuff coming out like every couple of minutes. Some of it makes me laugh. Some of it is like, oh wow, this is so serious. So yeah, um, Disney hotels are based on seating. So the yacht club is Blazers, mm-hmm. Kings, Pelicans, Spurs. Celtics. All the eighth wins. Yep. So the Celtics are in the Grand Destino. That sounds fantastic. With the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat. So. And then there's the middle, the middle tier, the Grand Floridian, Thunder, Sixers, Rockets, Pacers, Mavericks, Nets, Grizzlies, Magic. Interesting that they split them up by seeds in the hotels. So I think the big thing, and this comes into the next phase, phase five, and that's where teams will play three scrimmage games against other NBA teams residing in their same hotel. So I think they're trying to keep the level of competition sure. uh, a, a little bit equal in all of this. So I wonder if that is what kind of has to do with it. Also, if you look at the 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 yacht club 
it, there's a good chance that all of those teams are not going to be advancing and going home. So it's not like you have to move people around too much. So I think that has something to do with it as well. And if you look at it, the teams at the Grand Destino, which, you know, we've got to refu- refer to these as tiers of the NBA from now on in subsequent seasons. Like if you're fighting for the playoffs, you are a yacht club team in like 2024. <laughs> we need to be making this joke. You know, it's, sure. if you think about the Lakers, the Celtics, the Raptors, the, you know, all of the top teams, yeah, put them all together because those are the teams that are going to likely be there the longest. And if you can minimize any sort of disruption, not have to move them out or close down a hotel and not have to spend resources on it, it probably makes a lot of sense. Um, but for now, we'll say it's phase five, where phase five, where it's these teams are playing three scrimmage games against each other. Yes. So that I don't know if those will be televised or what, but these these games now. So the Celtics will play three scrimmage games against either one of those teams. So, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, interesting. It's very interesting. And I guess that means that they're not, they're not scrimmaging their potential first round opponents, which. Yeah. Th- that's, I think that's important too. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So that's phase five that goes through July 29th, which means July 30th, the resumption of NBA basketball, July 30th through October 13th. That's that's the date range currently. Eight seeding games that conclude the regular season, followed by any necessary play-in tournament. Uh, we've heard about all of that stuff. Once a team season is done, you're you're off campus. Bye bye. Get them and out of there before you leave. You got to get two negative tests or a negative test. One negative uh, test, yeah. Before 24 hours before you leave, which, like, I guess it doesn't really matter, but sure, why not? Otherwise, well, just keep them there. You know what? It makes sense. You just don't want, yeah. you don't want to be sending COVID guys out into the world. Yeah, exactly. And, and now this is once a team gets past the first round, they can start bringing family in. So as, as eight teams are bounced, each player, however many players are on the, uh, the, the roster, they can, you can reserve up to that many rooms. So each team that advances past the first round will be permitted to reserve up to 17 guest rooms for guests of players at the NBA campus. So each player gets one room for, I guess, family, you know, wife and kids, girlfriend, parents, whomever. Uh, the players the players have to pay for the room, but the meals and the testing are not their responsibility. So I got a joke. It's also not even like totally a joke. Like there's going to be a player that's going to try and put like, all of his girlfriends in one room and it's going to end horribly. Right. <laughs> God, I hope like, nobody's like, this dumb. is supposed to be for family. That's that's why you get one room and it's to discourage you probably from bringing too many people. And again, kind of sure. compromising everything. But one guy, you know, is, is going to try and put like five people in one room and it's like, it's going to blow up in their face or at least like, that's going to be hilarious if that ends up happening. <laughs> I, I hope that they, understand that yes, this the importance and don't do this the point of this uh look different guys different points in their lives some have families some don't you want to bring a girlfriend you want to you know whatever how whoever you put in there you put in there but one room per guy yeah so um and then this is it so no agents agents can't be there uh unless like brad stevens agent is his wife so that that's kind of like the loophole um, and that's it. Any players who leave the campus, you're, um, any guests, I'm sorry, any player guests that leave the campus, unlike a player, once you're out, you're out. 
You can't, you can't run out for groceries. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to meet somebody. Any of the guests who leave the bubble, you're gone. Bye. Uh, and that's basically the, the details of the return of NBA basketball. That is a lot. That is so much. Uh, it, but it's, it's a lot. They also addressed one or two other things in this that it doesn't sound like the Disney employees will be quarantined on campus. They'll be checked in terms of temperature and for symptoms. Right. So it's not like though that they're going to be sequestered in their own resort living on campus the whole time while they kind of, you know, change sheets for the players, do meals, different things like that. There's some other kind of ancillary details that I think if people are curious about, go and go and read. There's some stuff on like personal chefs and all that. But the majority of this is what we went over, which I think is the biggest points from it of like, how is this all going to work? So Adam Silver also spoke and had a lot to say about the NBA's obligation to return. Talk about that when we come back after I talk about rockauto.com, a place where guys like Jake Madison will be going (laughs) as they rebuild cars that I do not know much about. So look, I, so I'm working on a car from 1976. I just ordered a radiator that I couldn't get anywhere else or, you know, I found it was more expensive in rock auto, which is a, a direct to you auto parts store got it to me for much cheaper than it would have been otherwise. So whether you're someone who's just trying to save a little bit of money and working on your car yourself, doing some of that routine maintenance, it's tough to go into any of the big chain stores and find the parts you need. There's just too many makes and models out there. But if you go to rockauto.com, you can search by your car, you can search by the specific trim, and they will find the right part for you. And best of all, they have cheaper prices than anywhere else I've seen, and I think that's really one of the biggest things here. If you're a mechanic, you can get a discount count from certain places you don't get that all the time if you're a do-it-yourselfer but rockauto.com has the same price for everybody so whether you're restoring a classic car or you're just trying to save a little bit of money and do some of the maintenance yourself go to rockauto.com search for the parts you need and of course in there how did you find us box put in locked on so that they know we sent you Adam Silver spoke uh, on ESPN, and it's interesting comments uh, talking about the NBA's obligation. I'll read the quote directly. Um, it, he says it's it's a sense from the entire NBA community that we have an obligation to try this because the alternative is to stay on the sidelines, and the alternative is, in essence, to give in to this virus. Uh, he adds that the financial component to all of this is not as big or not as great as people are making it out to be because yes, the NBA will be making hundreds of millions of dollars that they would have ultimately lost. So they're recouping that money, but he does say that it's, it's pretty expensive to do what they're doing. And they're, they're, a lot of that money that they're recouping is going directly into the resumption of the season. And putting this all on at, at Disney is going to be very expensive. So look, if, if there's a 1% profit on this, 
you do it because you can, and it's more money coming in. You know, I, I, I listened, I, I read this, and I thought it was kind of interesting that he's trying to make the sound a little bit more altruistic than maybe it is, and a little bit more noble than it is. And look, he's talked about the NBA wanting to be at the forefront of reopening the country. But when you're doing something in a bubble in a campus environment, I don't know if that is the same thing as a city lifting some restrictions and letting people go to restaurants or get their hair cut. Because frankly, the, the, the setup they have has nothing to do with real life whatsoever for almost anybody here. So I find that a little bit interesting. The other thing is, even if this costs money, they, they need to reach a minimum amount of games and to satisfy these TV contracts. So you can say, yeah, we're spending a lot to put this on, but the other option is potentially ESPN and some of these other networks renegotiating with you or causing a whole host of issues. So I don't think this is quite as noble of a cause as he's making it out to be. They're going to spin it as such. And I'll pull it up here in a second. Uh, the NBA sent a memo to all 30 teams talking about how they want to focus on social justice, racism, and everything during this. And they're going to make this a really big part of it, which I think is to kind of head off some of the players potentially sitting out that's been in the news the past couple of days. But and, – and this is going to be part of it, but they still need to fulfill these TV contracts and all of that stuff. Like I just want the NBA to admit what we all know. Like this is – this is a, a, your business. Your business is basketball. You want to, just like the restaurant across the street from me that opened up, your, their business is serving people food and they're able to reopen and they want to make their money. That's, it's not wrong to say, look, we're coming back because yeah, we, we're a sports league. We are allowed to do it and we're trying to come back to to put on uh, sports. We're, we're, that's what we do. That's our business. And we're getting back to business and they can make it still be altruistic. They can still have yeah. it. Be, you know, they, they can talk about encouraging the players to play and use that spotlight, uh, which I know that that's been like the, the hot topic over the past few days, but really the first and foremost thing that the NBA is trying to do is to come back put a product on that they will sell and make money off of that. Whatever money they're spending, they're spending it in a Walt Disney product. I mean, that money is just going to go like to the NBA and back into the, the hands of ESPN somehow anyway. So whatever, like, I'm, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want it to be too much spin. Like, yeah, I'm with you. And that's what it feels like. So the statement the NBA put out, and I'll read part of it, is, quote, a central goal of our season restart will be to utilize the NBA's platform to bring attention to sustained action, to issues of social injustice, including combating systemic racism, expanding educational and economic opportunities across the black community, enacting meaningful police and criminal justice reform, and promoting greater civic engagement. All of that's true. But we've seen that a number of players, and they talked about this the past couple of days too, and everyone's talked about it, and there's so much news coming out today that we haven't even been able to touch upon this, that a lot of players think that they can do a better job of this right now by being away from Orlando and in their home markets and out on the front lines of these protests. And the NBA needs the money, so they're almost taking away that opportunity from them and going to find ways to thread it in there. But this isn't necessarily... Necessarily, you can make arguments on both sides, and I understand both sides of the argument. And as a as a white guy, I don't think I'm in position to say either way. But you you know you can make these statements other ways too. But the NBA is going to really try and make this the focus, so that I think it spins things a little bit better for them. It's great that they're doing it, though. I don't want to take away from that, really. 
Right, right. So it's bottom line is they're getting back to business. They're going back to business. Now, within that framework, they are very open about they will allow players to take whatever stand. It feels like they're just saying, whatever you want to do, do it. And, you know, within reason, obviously, but like, but whatever you want to do, I feel like if they do have a a national anthem, if you want to kneel, kneel. I don't know if they'll even do a national anthem. If they do, maybe they'll do it just so players can kneel. You know, whatever it is, you know, they play, you want to read, you want to wear your I can't breathe shirts. You want to do a statement before a game. You want to, however, you want to do patches, however the players decide they want to do it. I think the NBA is going to be fully on board. Yes. Partly because that's the right thing to do. Partly because it also encourages the players to go and be part of this. And the more you obviously, you want these players to be there and be part of this. And the more players that are there, the more, the closer we are to actual NBA basketball. So I think it's okay. It's okay to talk about this in these different terms. It's okay to talk about the NBA as a business getting back to business while also saying it allows for players to make their statements and hopefully further this cause. Like, I think those two things can work hand in hand. Yeah, so absolutely. Again, I've seen – I understand both sides of the argument for people staying away from this, for players staying away from this, and for going and trying to kind of make the change how they want it to be, I guess – Throughout all this, I, I honestly don't have an opinion on it either way because I, I just can't. Um, but I like that the NBA is going to give them the option to do that. So that is a very good thing here. And I do wonder if some of the players saying maybe we don't go to this was to make sure that the NBA basically just let them do whatever it is they, they wanted. And I think that's a good tactic to use during this time. So I like this. I think overall they're making the best of a bad situation. And as I've said, since all of this started and, you know, which was in March is you're trying to make the least bad decision. And that's what the NBA is doing. And I think that's okay. And I think they're actually hitting this kind of where they need to. It's layered. It's nuanced. It's yep. complicated. There are a lot of different viewpoints on this. Uh, a point that I've been trying to make is whatever a player decides to do, I think it's important to respect his decision on whatever he decides to do. Because, like you said, I'm not a, I'm not a black man in America. I you know, I, yeah. I don't I can't I can't pass judgment. I'm not going to pass judgment on what they decide. If you want to play, great, good for you. If you don't want to play, great, good for you. And it's important not to hold it against these players. Even if it's a star player, even if it's a, a end of the bench player, I think it's important to respect the decision that these players make because it's theirs to make. And there's so many different perspectives, even within the, the, the black community, even within the NBA player community. There's a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different motivations. And my final word is just to respect whatever decision these guys make individually. I full, like completely co-sign that. Okay, so with that, we will wrap up this Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. I am John Corrales. I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Remember to go visit our sponsor's Built Bar. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. Also, RockAuto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them 
Locked On sent you. And now, go tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Hollinger and Duncan.